0: I'm Harry Nichols. This is Kid Stuff. On October 15th, I'm putting out a brand new EP inspired by my work dealing with and empathizing with middle school kids. To go a little deeper on the subject, I am interviewing friends of mine from all walks in my musical and artistic life about their experiences as an adolescent growing up and becoming who they currently are. Today, I got a chance to talk with Allie Demack, who you might know better by her stage name La Yorona. She performs around Ithaca quite a lot with her live looping setup violin, a lot of really, really interesting influences. She also put out a fantastic EP a little while back called Hedges. Highly recommend. My new EP will be out on all streaming services October 15th. You can pre-save it in the show notes. Without further ado, let's talk to Allie. So, Allie, hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, considered that we are, you know, outside... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know in the buggiest the buggiest summer i think i can ever remember ever this is, remember yeah,
1: yeah i'm usually like a real summer person and this yeah i'm just like this is the first time i've just been like i'm ready for it to be done
0: so your project la llorona is uh is really really cool <laughs> thank
1: you
0: <laughs> um i love hedges it's oh, a thanks. it's a great it's a great ep um why don't we just start by telling me a little bit how you got started doing that. I mean.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I have been playing violin since I was four years old. Both of my parents are classical musicians, and... Um, and i was like pretty sure that i was like not going to do anything violin related <laughs> in my mm. adult life and i ended up doing like everything violin related yeah. <laughs> i like teach to kids i teach private violin oh, lessons nice. and yeah and so i was uh, after college which i i went to school for theater and not me because again i was like i'm not going to i'm not going i'm not going right. to music of course. um and then i and then i got out of school and i started doing like suzuki teacher training cuz i was like i might as well make some money on the side which quickly became like my main job mm-hmm. um and just really kind of reinvesting in in the violin and like loving it again um and that was kind of a whole process first I was just playing with this rock band which was also a process like learning to improv yeah um, that was
0: uh I saw I saw that a few times that was um
1: the Ilium works the
0: Ilium works thank yeah. you you know it was on the tip of my tongue I'm sorry
1: yeah yeah and I still play with them and love them we are just released actually by just I mean like during the pandemic, but we're going to have a show for it in October, um, a second album, um, which Killer. is like kind of a, has a much more rock and roll edge to it than cool. our first one. And is I really like it. It's really fun. Um, and so I was like learning to play different styles in classical through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally I got the looper because I thought I would take uh, and and a looper pedal being you know I'm in case people don't know what that is it's like (laughs) I play a a line of music I hit the pedal and that repeats and then I can layer things on top of it um, which is what I do in my project and I originally got the looper thinking that I would use it in the band Mm. um, and that that would allow me free me up to be able to like sing more and things like that Um, but what I found out was that playing a looper with a bunch of live musicians is like A nightmare it's impossible it's It's like so not fun (laughs) yeah um so I started playing with the looper on my own and I sort of accidentally got a gig um I I I thought I had some other project happening and and Ithaca Underground was like hey like we're looking for acts and I was like oh like I'd like to do this with you know this other person and then that person was like actually like I can't commit uh, but i got this gig so i was like okay quick i have to make an act mm-hmm. so i pulled the looper out um and i was like i'm gonna learn how to use this like for real for real um and just started like with probably covering like a couple pop songs um and then actually the very first song i wrote was hedges which is the name of the ep right. um and and then covered La Llorona quickly after, and that and then and sort of like adopted that as like a stage name, and yeah. and so yeah, that was kind of the start of it. I just kind of threw together a, sh- a set list in like four weeks for an Ithaca Underground show. So that's really
0: cool. Have you played? Have you done? So you mentioned you've done some live looping for your students. Then I mean, what do they what do they think of it?
1: Uh, they think it's super cool. It's it's funny. Um, the first time I played with my looper um at the wall and I don't teach at the Waldorf school anymore but I have students there um I, the first time I played there I remember one of the parents coming up to me and being like you know, now my daughter now knows what she wants for Christmas and I was like, "Well, hang on, hang on." <laughs> I was like, "You need you need like a pickup
0: you should, first and right. then you need
1: an amp <laughs> and then you need the looper and the mom's eyes just like got real big. She was like, "Oh." Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, it's like it was like years of investment to get to the point where I had all the things I needed to even yeah. use it."
0: Oh, yeah, it's a t- and and like just ton of money and yeah, like a, yeah. yeah, a lot of gear, a lot of practice. Yeah. So you mentioned that you I don't know if vehement's the right word. You, you really didn't want to <laughs> play the violin because your parents played the violin. Well, I wanted to
1: play it, but I didn't want it to be my career in any way or okay, like my main... Your my thing. main artistic outlet even mm. cuz i was sort of i loved it but i i thought as a kid i had to be a violinist uh-huh. and i was like that's that's good you know i was like there's a lot of other things i could have to be that would be worse than that i love the violin sure. but there was this element of thinking i had no choice and i remember when i said that to my mom i was like well it's too bad i have no choice on what i get to be and my mom <laughs> was like what and I was like because you're making me a violinist (laughs) and my mom was like no 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 we just want you to have this this is an important part of your like education as a human yeah like you can be whatever you want and I was like I could be a fireman and my mom was like well sure I kind (laughs) of hope you're not but (laughs) um and then at from that point on I was just like absolutely set not because I didn't love the violin but I was absolutely set on not like making that my main thing yeah um and I had to like really have a journey to come back to it
0: yeah what kind of music so take me back to the so so the kids that I teach are like like 13 years old. I teach eighth grade so you know just peak that take me back to yourself at that age musically speaking like what what were you listening to what did you get oh, into god
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i've always been a weird mix of everything where you know people ask me now like what genres law you're on and i'm like i don't know decide for yourself
0: i also um, <laughs> so part of why i wanted to like do this interview is because like i was so fascinated by the like blend of genres that you have yeah. you know it's such an interesting <laughs> record and project like
1: thank you yeah, yeah. it's kind of wild you know because i am also like a wild mix of things, kind of in all areas of my life. You know, Mm -hmm. my mom is from like Long Island. My dad is from Mexico. I'm mixed, you know, and, and, and that you find that everywhere in, in my life. I'm, I'm a cusp in terms of astrology. I'm like a Leo Virgo and I'm like such a cusp that it's like, I had to look and see like at what time of day on my birthday, (laughs) like the sun moved into Virgo because actually it was still in Leo when I was born. It's like, kind of wild. I'm yeah. I'm a very wild mix of tons of things. So at, at middle school age, um I was probably I I know I was listening to like some seriously emo stuff. Sure. <laughs> um and I I had an you know my older cousin Tim who played in the band with was a huge influence on me. So I was listening to like System of a Down. Yes. Um yeah. Um I was listening to Evanescence cuz mm. like it was like angsty and emo and rock but also like Amy Lee is an incredible vocalist and mm-hmm. so as she, someone yeah, who was like you know really into class you know had classical training, I was like oh you right, know when right. I heard her sing. Um, yeah she
0: definitely carries some of that in yeah there, right?
1: yeah uh, but I also was definitely like um, for uh, l- listening to a lot of like sort of like, pop but in the sort of like light pop sort of like that you'd hear on like Light Rock 97 (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, I think I just exited like the boy band stage Mm -hmm. of like being really in love with the Backstreet Boys but like there were years when like my favorite CDs side by side were like a Backstreet Boys CD and like System of Down you know yeah you are (laughs) Um, I also was really obsessed with Joshua Bell's like the Chrysler album. I was kind of discovering the pop and like rock and rap that my parents didn't Want me to know about sure. for the first time? I was homeschooled until seventh grade. So, my like, real, I, I went to pre K, but like, I barely remembered that. Right. So, my first experience with school was middle school. Oof. And I was like, yeah, I, I like it was like wild and terrible in some ways, but I loved it. Mom still says she was like, I was, I couldn't believe it. Every night before bed, you told me how much you loved school. That's um, amazing.
0: That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So, so you felt really positive about. Yeah, school experience. It was
1: it was very exciting. I mean, there was a lot of negative things, but I was really like kind of intoxicated with what it was to be surrounded by my peers mm. for like the first time so so consistently in that way like every day I was with all of these kids and it, that was like wild and, and being exposed to things I hadn't heard so yeah on the like that brings us back to like music because I started listening to like for instance the Black Eyed Peas was something I right. loved in 7th grade was so into their album that uh, uh, Where's the Love right, was on right, I was right. just like really and my pa- and and a lot of that you know it's like rap and it's like hip hop and pop but rap and my parents were kind of like oh wow <laughs> like <laughs> this is not something that like they listened to very much right. and suddenly i was like coming home with these cd's and putting them on nice <laughs> um That's so great. that was really exciting was to like kind of be exposed to all this new stuff
0: it's just really interesting to me that you could listen to all of these things just right next to each other you know system of a down right next to backstreet boys right next to like all these things because like there was such a in my school at least there was such a culture such a pressure to you know uh you know look a certain way and be a certain way and a huge part of that was like listening to the right music Mm. and the right music was a very like selective um like sometimes um in seemingly contradictory ways like you could you could be into certain things and those were socially approved and you could not be into certain other things and like and so just like in my in when i'm thinking about like like middle school and also high school like system of a down and uh the backstreet boys you know like we're we're, we're like system of a down you were allowed to listen to and the backstreet boys you were not and i was so insecure that like you know I pre- even though I loved the backstreet boys uh, you know uh god like in elementary school all through middle school you know I like I like never would um, put out there that mm. that I was that I liked that and would instead and I do love system over down and I still love system over down but uh and I still love the backstreet boys yeah. but yeah <laughs> uh, <you know, laughs> but it's interesting to me, so you didn't feel any kind of tension about like the kinds of music you listen to or or anything like that it was um just...
1: you know i don't i didn't really for music because music felt like something that i so so like to be told uh, other things in my life were totally different in those in that regard but sure. music was like i was like i know music I am music you know i can it have what you know i felt very empowered by my ability to play music my knowledge of music my understanding of music i've been mm. playing music since i was four my parents were musicians i was very much like i didn't really worry about if people judged my music taste because i was you know in some ways maybe kind of stuck up about my music opinions sure. i was like what do you know <laughs> right, um right, right. you know uh which is like the you know the the less the less nice side of things, but also just like I said, like very empowered within music. Like I was that about was to say, my yeah, place of like comfort.
0: I feel like it, it, sure. Like if it became like judgmental, that's, you know, that's, that's one thing, but also like, it's amazing to, I feel like for a kid to feel empowered about something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and even if they sometimes use that power for, for ill, like it's, it's just such a, such a cool thing when kids, feel empowered about things yeah
1: yeah other areas of my life were not quite the same I definitely felt a lot of pressure to like meet whatever standards were being set by peers like for Mm -hmm. instance when it came to like clothing and style like I still like was about breaking the rules and stepping outside but it was sort of like oh my gosh I have to like have the Brand that everyone has. You know, I have right. to have like the Aeropostle monkey sweatshirt. Right. You know? Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, which was like not how, you know, my very first day of school ever in my life, I showed up in such a wild outfit because I was like, you know, I didn't have any of that imposed on me yet. You
0: wore like what you wanted to wear that day, right? Yeah, I
1: wore like these baggy jean shorts that were like kind of like almost like cargo shorts, but mm -hmm. they were jeans and like van skater sneakers and like this frilly blue beaded limited two top. (laughs) It was like... Again, this wild, like, yeah, mix of yeah, worlds. Yeah, a lot going on there. Yeah, and if you look back at it as an adult, like, it's, I feel like it sounds pretty cool, but it was not cool as a 7th grader, right, you know? Right. People were like, what is wrong with you, right, you right. know?
0: Socially speaking, like, did you have friends? Were you kind of on a lone streak? Did you have, like, some close-knit friends? I mean, what... what
1: yeah. Um,
0: Sorry for the listeners at home. Every time you hear like a, a smack, <laughs> it's because it's we're a executing a mosquito. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, so I went into school with some friends that I had made, um, like I had some friends that I had kept from like pre-k which is kind of wild um and then like made another like i did i think i did like a basketball camp and i played basketball the year before because i still could as a homeschooler Mm -hmm. and then i uh wasn't gonna be able to in seventh grade and that was another incentive for me to be like i want to keep playing the sport like can i go to public school um so i had some friends from that but it was kind of wild because they were my friends but they were also sort of like oh, but this is the crowd that I hang with and I eat lunch with these people. Um, and like, it's like I, I had to be like accepted into a group. Even right. though I had friends that were like in these various different groups, I was like not necessarily like like given a pass into those
0: groups. Right, right. So
1: i I like had friends, but then it was like, lunch and recess would come and it was like the loneliest and worst Mm. part of my day because it's like in classes and in, in interacting it was like, I knew I had friends, but then I'd get to this place and they'd all be like, okay, bye. See you later. Mm. Um, and I would end up sort of like sitting at this table with this sort of like group of, you know, like kids that were outcasts who were like pretty cool kids, you know? And some of them became really good friends that I kept through high school. Uh, you know, and some I'm still friends with now. Um, But it did feel very strange, you know, to sort of like know that I had friends and also like not and see them like sort of like playing by these rules. On the first day of school, I met this person who was so nice to me and I was like, oh, wow, cool. I'll be friends with this person. And then I had a friend inform me and they were like, yeah, no one will be friends with you if you're her friend. And I was like, what? I was like, but they're really nice. And they're like, yeah, I mean, I'll be friends with you, but no one else will. And I was like, oh. Oh, my God. And then I was, like, in this weird place where I was, like, now I kind of, like, I don't want to not be friends with this person who was, like, one of the first people to be nice to me. But I'm right. also afraid to be their friend.
0: Right. Yeah. You know? God. It
1: was, so that was really tough trying to, like, find a balance between, like, being friendly But, like, I don't know, keeping my distance just for, like, you know, the peer pressure aspect, it was tough.
0: It a little reminds me of Mean Girls. yeah. Just because you were jumping into, you know, like a a complete, like an already pre-existing social net and you just had to, like, figure it out, right? I
1: love Mean Girls because I think it does such an excellent job. Of, like, not just looking at, like, that that mentality that's so cutthroat that can happen, like, in high school, and in that case, looking at girls in particular, although it can happen, you know, across genders, Um, but also because the look at, like, a kid who was homeschooled going to public school was so good mm-hmm. I, I really saw myself in that really? the like being like sort of dragged into like trying to be popular when it was like I didn't like those kids necessarily you know right, right. and and they they have this beautiful scene when she gets there where she looks at the kids in the cafeteria and they all like become like jungle animals, animals yeah. you know Regina was dangling Aaron in front of me on purpose I knew how this would be settled in the animal world <laughs> And that I remember that feeling my first day of school, I walked up to my locker. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to yet. So I walked up before the bell to my locker. I'm in this empty hallway, the bell rings, and I hear the sound of all the kids coming up the stairs. It's just Thundery. It is, yeah. And, and I was terrified. I felt like a ma- I literally had this image that I was a mouse and there was a stampede coming. Yeah.
0: So I, yeah. I watched
1: Mean Girls and I was like, oh, they hit the nail on the head, For you know? For sure,
0: yeah. I mean, I, th- I love that um, that metaphor that they use in the movie as well. And it is it is definitely one of the more striking aspects. Because they do it a couple of times mm-hmm. throughout the movie, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and it definitely... Um, yeah, it definitely speaks to to something like i think what it communicates effectively is just the feeling of like you never know when something is going to pounce you know what i mean and when like you're gonna step in some shit or on a social landmine and because you as a kid that age you just like you're you're caught between you're just the 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 purely reactive Mm -hmm. stage of childhood and actually beginning to have some understanding socially of of what your behaviors mean, you know? And I I just think that that particular metaphor is just so, so apt. Yeah, Mean Girls is an incredible movie. So good. (laughs) What was the most badass thing you ever did in middle school or as an adolescent?
1: (sighs) Badass. Or
0: even if it's like not even in retrospect badass, all that badass, but like seemed at the time.
1: Middle school was the first time I did theater since being very little. And that was, like, for, like, parents, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, like, for a whole school. And I was in this sh- this play called, I think it was called The Somewhat True Tale of Robin Hood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I was playing soccer. So I couldn't have, like, a huge, huge role because I was, like, splitting mm-hmm. my time Practicing between, things, yeah. yeah. Um, but I got the role as uh the lady in waiting, um, and my and what and a friend from childhood was actually like maid Marian. um, and so my role I was like periodically throughout the show I would like show up. Um, and kind of like be like funny and sarcastic a little bit, but like, actually like the main thing I did was someone would say like, I think, I think the line was like the dungeon of demise and I would scream at the top of my lungs anytime that line was said. Mm -hmm. So like, even if I wasn't in the scene, I would run on and scream Uh. and run off. (laughs) Um, and it felt so so good because i'm a loud person i am yeah. a loud person so i screamed and it was like blood curdling yeah. to the point where they had to be like like reel like, it in dial it down <laughs> and <Yeah>. like, you're <laughs> gonna give someone's grandma a heart attack <laughs> that's great um so that was like really exciting and i did it like in front of the whole school you know so that was really cool and i remember like the high school theater director being like we're going to keep you on the stage. And I was like, yes! (laughs) it was like, like the best moment. It was so, yeah,
0: there's so much in middle school about like indoor voice and like, Mm. you know, you're just so not allowed. That's where we really start imposing like adult expectations on kids, even though they're like nowhere near really ready to do that. I was thinking about that today. So I, I have the misfortune of having um, lunch duty, Which is, uh, (laughs) so it's my job to patrol a bunch of like 13-year-olds and like make sure that they don't get, you know, quote unquote, like too out of hand (laughs) in the lunchroom or or as they're eating outside. It's made extra difficult because it's the pandemic. And so normally we would offer them like a game of basketball or, you know, some sort of athletic thing that we're not by state law allowed to do right now. Um, And so they are just like exploding at the Mm. seams with Mm. energy and hormones and the need and urge to just like slap each other in the balls (laughs) and like run around in circles and like like today today in outside lunch they were they were uh, there was this rowdy group of boys who were just trying like because it's, it's the fall and, you know, uh, we have food outside, a bunch of yellow jackets are, like, you know, coming around. And, Oof. You know, it's not, like, out of control, but there are—you see a couple every, ta- you know, every lunch period at your table, no matter where you sit. And uh, um, so these boys took it upon themselves to just, like, you know, they're all wearing baseball caps because they're all on sports teams, and they just want to, like, swat at these— these these yellow jackets all period long and they're just really making like a physical thing of getting in a fight with these with these yellow jackets which which is way more guts than i ever would have
1: (laughs) right i'm like stay away like i'll run the other way
0: right exactly yeah i feel like you and i would just like spend all of lunch just running like we would just we would just be like walking briskly from point to point you know eating in between as we yes. as we can right yes the unfortunate part of my job is like is trying to figure out where the line is right now like what's acceptable and and what's not what's not acceptable and like what what I keep coming back to is just that like I don't really think that they can help it right now you yeah. know like I think it just imposing uh, like full-on full-blown adult behavior on these kids is just not possible and i guess
1: right i think that's really important though because i do feel like something i i think that school i have lots of lots of feelings about school as so as a as someone who i loved it when i was a kid at school uh but i also i'd been homeschooled and i like came out of school and and i had a lot of tough experiences in school too because i went to Newfield which is this really white rural area and you know one of the worst things you can be in Newfield is Mexican you know and and I was pegged as that immediately you know I couldn't escape that being Mm -hmm. that I looked like that and also the way that I do and also just being that it's a small town and even if I didn't look like that people would know right you know so I I dealt with a lot of like really tough situations and like racism Mm. and like dealing with like You know, teachers who didn't really actually know how to support me through that all the time, you know. So there was like coming out of school, I had a lot of baggage and looking back on it. Uh, I was like, I, and and while I was experiencing it for the first time too, I was like, wow, it's rigid. It's like they expect you to be adults in certain ways, and then in other ways, they don't give you the freedom that adults have. You know, sure, the fact yeah. that like, and again, this uh, go, this is another thing that I think they illustrate in Mean Girls, but that it was like I had to get permission to go to the bathroom, right? You right. know, and that a teacher might be like, no, and I'd be like what, I, am I going to just pee in your classroom? Like, right. what is going on here? Right, right. Like, this shouldn't, I shouldn't have to beg to use the restroom, know. you know? So, there was a there was a lot to look back on. There was a lot I was experiencing at the time that I was like, this is wild, and I was questioning things, and my peers were like, we don't question these things. And I was right, like, oh, right. what? Uh, but then coming out of it, and becoming an adult, and looking back, there's, I have lots of feelings about the way that schools impose these restrictions on kids. And, and I understand also, as a teacher what it can be like when like your class feels like it's like getting wild and you right, know and yeah. and, and then the, the desire to like keep things under control right. you know but also then to be like well, how do i do that and and let a kid be a kid you know yeah, It's exactly like, it's a really tough environment and I, I think it was really positive for me in a lot of ways it was really negative in a lot of ways um And I oftentimes feel like while I'm so glad that there is public school, because obviously we need a, you know, like kids need that, that peer experience, that social experience. Mm -hmm. Kids need like access to learning. All of these things are so positive. And in Newfield, I know that like so many kids just needed to go so they could be like on the lunch program. yeah So like there's so many reasons it's so important. But then there's so many things that I think is so toxic about it that I would Mm. love to see reworked so that it actually becomes a really like positive environment for kids to explore and grow and like really become themselves in like a nurturing environment as opposed mm. to something that can sometimes like err on the side of like militaristic and yeah. how rigid it can be.
0: What is one major thing that you would you would change about public school?
1: I think that um The amount of homework Mm -hmm. that kids get and grades, I think, are really negative. Yeah. Um, There was such... There was, like, such a class system in... in, Not just, like, there was a class... There was, you know, class in general because, you know, in, like, a rural place like newfield where there's a lot of poverty you know there was there was classism on its own but then there was like the system of grades in like these kids were like the ones who failed classes and were like bad kids and then there was like sort of like the middle ground kids who like were okay but not really that smart you know because their grades didn't reflect it and then there were like the smart kids who had like straight a's you know and and it could in, in high school, I feel like we started to see that some of that was kind of bullshit,
0: and yeah, like, yeah.
1: and some of those like um, divisions like really started to deteriorate, mm-hmm. and we started to really figure out how to connect with each other despite differences. But you know, in middle school, there was like this like I remember having a friend be like, well. Um, we're best friends, the three of us, because we have the top grades in the class. Mm. We're the smartest, so we can't be friends with anybody else. Gotcha. And and from their perspective, it wasn't like there was snobbiness to it, but it also wasn't just that. It was like this element of like the kids who didn't get good grades hated the kids who did get good grades. Right, right. You know, um, and so I feel like that really divides people and it also creates this narrative of like who is smart. Mm. Um, and grades are just like not, they're not, an adequate um, way to, to measure that first of all and second of all everybody is like has different ways of being smart yeah. you know uh,
0: the whole idea of quantifying intelligence in, in any kind of mm. like specific way like is is so like uh, it's so messy and troubled and uh, the, the grossest history and yeah. I think that there is definitely a setup the system sets up Students to establish hierarchies based on yeah. perceived superiority. You know. Um, yeah, absolutely. What was your What was your antagonist back then, if you had to pick one?
1: I mean, on like a surface level, like math was hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that's a totally legit answer. <laughs> yeah, yes, I right? get that. Like
1: math was hard, and and I did I got good grades in it, but I. Uh, and, and my math teachers were always like, you can't be bad at math. You're a musician. And I was like, I never want to hear that again. Yeah. Um, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is a very you. different kind of What's thing. the square root of measure 132?
0: <laughs> yeah, right, like, like, no,
1: stop. Um, but I think other than that, you know, I think for the first time in my life, and, and, and not like for the first first time, but for the first time, it was really overwhelming, like worrying about what, other people thought about me. When I read my journal from that time, it's like, I know I had a really fun time. I know I was really happy most of the time, but I read the journal and I'm like, whoa, things got really petty and mm. really anxious really quick.
0: Do you have your all of your journals from
1: I have back a journal. I was reading and this was like really funny because I had a journal from the year before I started school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so creative. It was like, definitely, I was still like a little drama queen and everything was like, but I was like, you know, if I like had a fight with my brother, I'd write it out like it was a scene in a play. I'd be mm-hmm. like, me said this thing. Stefan said this thing, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, and then I'd like draw a picture and I'd be like, if I was like, you know, wearing a color nail polish I really liked, I'd like put the nail polish on the page mm-hmm. and I'd like, you know, it was very creative. It was really interesting. I read it and I felt like inspired to make art as an adult, you That's know, amazing. and then I pulled out my seventh grade journal and I immediately went from this really like free form creative yeah. like experience of life to being like oh my gosh Capri said this about me today Um <laughs> and I know we're still friends but now I'm nervous about it oh my gosh like Brandy right. said this about you know and like and just being like really you know and some of it was like me being just as petty back you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know, I, I threw out some names of like actual people who are you know lovely people I, they, uh, we were all just like doing things and feeling things and Mm -hmm. and fighting with each other and making up and and it was all there and it but it was very much like this stream of conscious in this very like anxious oftentimes upset kind of way that Mm. i i read it and i was like wow this is this is like not this is not how i want to think of myself
0: (laughs) right well no one should ever yeah no one should ever yeah i don't know no I, i feel like you shouldn't judge yourself too harshly for for who you were at that age because everybody it's it's just like everybody's drunk it's like a bunch of drunk (laughs) people so what do you think changed between those two journals i mean other uh, like you went to school obviously but like what in terms of like the way you recorded your own internal monologue like how did that why did that change
1: yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question. I sort of feel like I went from like running around outside and like looking for fairies and like, yes, watching TV for sure. Um, and yes, playing video games for sure. But um, I, I feel like I did a lot more imaginative play before mm-hmm. I went to school. Yeah. And then suddenly it was like, I like imagination kind of like had to die to a certain degree like or be just channeled in like a very specific way like I was allowed allowed to like write creatively in English class I was allowed to like do creative stuff in art class you know Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I went from being just like really like I mean I spent my days just like running around outside and reading books and I did my homework when I felt like it and I hung out with like whoever was like waiting for their sibling to finish a lesson with my parents and it was very like, you know, it, it was very free, um, and then I started spending time in this very in this structure that, like, I mean, for instance, I the day before I started public school, I really believed in in Santa Claus, like mm-hmm. up until seventh grade, and the really? day before I started, Santa Claus, a tooth fairy, uh, Easter Bunny, I kind of thought that the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny might not be real, but I was really, like, diehard about Santa Claus. Wow. And the day before I started public school, my mom was like, I have to tell you something, and you're not going to like it. And she was like, Santa Claus is not real. And I cried, and I yelled oh, at her, and I was like, so I don't rude. care what you say. I still oh believe. But I didn't anymore. It Did was she shattered. Tell you,
0: she told you because she was like, you, these peers my, are going to wreck aunt, her. She- my
1: aunt, my aunt, uh, my aunt Nini, who's my cousin Tim's mom, and like worked in the school in the elementary school. She was like, "You have to tell Allie that Santa Claus wow. is not real. She is gonna be so picked on if she goes in there thinking that like fairies and Santa Claus are real." Um, and so mom told me, and it crushed me. I was like, "Cause also I was like, wow, I've been lied to." Oh yeah, you know. At that point,
0: <laughs> oh my god, at that point, that represents like, tw- like. 12 years of of like lies and like you know yeah. if 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 kids don't figure it out on their own in in early childhood it's like
1: yeah, yeah I've I've always been like a very like mystical, spiritual person. So mm-hmm. I was like really diehard about magic stuff being real, right? In the sense that it was in my storybooks. Like I'm I'm still you know a, a magical, mystical person, Definitely. and I see the ways that it is real in my life. But uh, it's not necessarily like a, a man in a sleigh who brings me right, right, presents of right, on right. Christmas, you know. And that was crushing. And so like then it was like I felt like all magic and imagination was like died in that moment to a certain degree and so I started being like well now I'm in the real world now I have to so so there there was like a certain degree to which imagination creativity like left the way that I was doing my journals because I think I started just being like well now I'm gonna believe the things my peers believe, you know, and I'm gonna. And I think I also started like going on the internet, you yeah. know, which was like something I hadn't really done before. I was like, you know, I'd done a little bit of like AIM, uh, AOL Instant Messenger, sure. um, with some friends, but like suddenly I was like, after school, it was like I was watching MTV and I was like instant messaging with friends and like doing my homework, and I just like was very plugged in, you mm-hmm. know. I was sort of like the early stages of like, you know, it wasn't quite social media yet but it kind of was you know.
0: But you were consuming also like a lot of what media said teenagers were supposed to behave like and be like and think like so you kind of were emulating that maybe too. Yeah. Very interesting. If you could go back and tell yourself at that age one thing what would it be? Last question.
1: I That that's a that actually feels like a hard one because I there's so many things I feel like I would want to say definitely um, and I think I would tell myself just to have fun mm. and that any everything that's happening right now is gonna be small. That that it matter that not to feel that it doesn't matter, but that like I'm gonna come out of this and like have a whole badass life that is not defined by what I'm doing At in that, that time. Point,
0: yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Allie, this has been a pleasure. Uh and I I look forward to hearing more of you and your music.
1: Yeah, soon. and I'm really excited to hear hear your project. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, no for inviting I'll share me it Maybe to be a part of this. Oh,
0: no, this is my pleasure. I'll, maybe I'll share it with you. So, is there, uh, is there a, like a track or something you want me to play? Because I'm I'm gonna play the interviewees' um, music as like the outro of every episode. So, do you have a, a particular?
1: Yeah, I feel like either La Llorona or Cosmic Distortion are like okay. my favorites. Cool. So. Yeah, one of those. (laughs) I feel like you can choose. (laughs)